I want you to do something. I want you to lift both hands straight up in the air and as loud as you possibly can. People ask me why I shout. I shout because I can. Four years ago Friday was the first time I was back in this pulpit after two years of silence. So I shout because I can. And God commanded me to. I'm preaching to you today over vocal cords. They didn't know if it would ever work again, covered up with cancer, but God. And here's what I found out. You ready? Loud as you can. God is for me. Now look at your neighbor and say, sorry about your luck, but God. God is not against me. God is not mad at me. I'm not on probation. I'm not in the timeout corner. I'm not set on a shelf. God is holding nothing against me today. God is for me. Well, I haven't prayed enough. God's for you. Well, I don't have a dollar to change. God's for you. Well, I'm having trouble in my marriage. God's for you. Well, I'm sick in my body. God's for you. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. God knows what you're going to do, and He's for you. Shout, God is for me. Look at somebody and tell them, can't help what you think about me. Look at somebody else and say, not really concerned what you think about me. Because I need to inform you. God thinks I'm all that and a big size bag of chips. God is for me. God is for you. Okay, so we're going to turn to a very special section of the epistles of the Apostle Paul. Uh, it's the book to the Italians. See if you can find it. Who said that? Stand up. You don't have to put a camera back there. It's always you. You always yell out the answers, except you're usually down here. Have you backslidden? No? Okay. Because you're usually down here. Yes. And the book of, it, of the Italians is what book? That'd be Romans. Italy is in Rome. <laughs> I guess God figured out if a Jew could get it as far as Rome, the Italians would take it the rest of the way. Maybe that's why they're so fiery. This is a chapter that makes the world go round. Chapter number eight. And in chapter number eight, verse 31, Paul makes a conclusion. We'll begin in Romans chapter eight, verse 31. We'll continue a little bit and then we'll come back there. Romans chapter eight and verse 31, here it is. What then shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, now, I've already answered that question. God's for you because he's not against you. God is against the devil. God is against principalities and powers. God is against the rulers of the darkness of this world. God is against sickness, disease, pain, malady, malfunction, infirmity. God is against 
poverty and lack. God is against discouragement, disease, and death. God is against anything that would hinder you or hurt you or bind you or cause you to be anything less than he promised you would be in this book. Shout, God is for me. Watch it now. If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 32. He who spared not his own son, but delivered. Listen to that. You say, Pastor, you're shouting God is for me. Well, well, you know, you can be a little bit positive toward a person. Or you can be all out, sold out. Reserve nothing, 110% in and behind and supportive of somebody. So if God is for me, the question would remain, how much is God for you? Well, God answers that. He spared not his own son. There was you. Here was Jesus. Here is the only begotten son come from heaven down. Conceived of a virgin. He's spotless. He is not deity humanized nor humanity deified. He is all God. He is all man. You, on the other hand are the seed of Adam's fallen race. In fact, your Bible says you are enmity against God. What does that mean? It means that you have waged war against God. Wow. And when God had the choice, put his only begotten son on that rugged, cruel, angry, mean, biting beam so that you could go free or put you on the tree and let Jesus go free. He chose to let you go free. How much is God for you? Hear his blood screaming out from bloody pools on the earth, I'm for you. Hear the whirling of the cat of nine tails. Watch its bones dig deep into his flesh and jerk off his back until his back hangs like ribbons around his bruised and battered knees from carrying that broth. How much? How much does God want you to win? How much does God want you to succeed? How much does God want you to pay your bills and have a million dollars left over so that you could help somebody preach the gospel? So much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's you. I dare you to shout, God is for me. He delivered him up for us all. We continue. How shall he not, watch, underline these words in your Bible, with him, how shall God not also with him? You get nothing in this kingdom that doesn't come through Jesus. That's God's plan. You get to God, you'll come through him. You get blessed, it'll be by his hand. You get forgiven, it'll be by his blood. Oh, the blessed name of Jesus. Name above every name. At the sound of that name, every demon has to flee. For at that name, all power is given to set the helpless captives free. Every pain, disease, and sickness is bow to that name. And forevermore surrender. 
Throughout all time I shall proclaim the beautiful, powerful, wondrous name of Jesus. Touch your neighbor and say, you get nothing that doesn't come through Jesus. But through Jesus, you have received all things. Let me, let me slow down just a moment and say this. There is no reason for you to fear. Well, I can't pay my bills. Fear not. Given it shall be given to you. Well, I'm sick in my body. Fear not. F fear not. He was wounded for your transgressions. Bruised for your, my God, I feel my help come. Bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was laid upon Jesus and with and by his stripes you were and therefore you are healed. Well, but I'm having problems in my marriage. What God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Fear not. It is the most repeated commandment more than thou shalt not commit adultery. More than thou shalt love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. More than thou shalt not steal. More than thou shalt not kill. And there are believers who would never think about stealing but they're fearful they're going to lose what they've got. Ooh, I'm talking. They would never leave their spouse, but they're afraid their spouse is going to leave them. Fear. False evidence. Oh, how it appears real. It's the deception. It is the number one calculated tool of your adversary to replace the faith that God has placed in your heart with a diabolical, deadly disease called fear. So God, more than any other command, in the entirety of the Bible, over 200 times, he says to you and he says to me, fear not. When they say California is about to fall into the ocean, fear not. When you see the stock market tumble, fear not. When somebody other than who you voted for becomes president, fear not. When you get a little twinge in your chest and your left arm starts going numb, fear not. When your vision gets blurry, fear not. When you feel a pain in your stomach and your mother died of ovarian cancer, fear not. God, it. I'm gonna convince somebody. He's for you in the good times. He's for you in the bad. I got to hurry. I haven't gotten through the text. Fear not. Fear not. Now I've said it before, but it bears repeating on this auspicious day. Fear not. Now I don't know about you, but I've been in a lot of places where I said in all honesty, why not? The bills aren't paid. Seven years running. Thank God not last year. Thank God not this year. But for seven years running, at one, two, three o'clock in the morning, they called me into this building, into my office, and they were all gathered around. And they said to a man, to a woman, it's over. 
It's over. We'll never pay our way out. There's not time to sell anything. It's over. Seven years running. One year it was $3 million in 28 days. And here we are. Fear not. Why not? Oh, he answers that question. For I am with thee. Be not dismayed. I am thy God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. With the right hand of my righteousness, I dare you to look down. Look down and shout, God's got me. You are right now being suspended and supported by the very right arm of God where he is flexing his mighty muscle and bearing his great strength. Now, let's take a little peekaboo back to the first book of your Bible. And I need you to know, I need you to know there's all kinds of public speakers, life coaches, motivational talkers. That's not what's in front of you. I am not ashamed of my calling. I don't have to tell people in line somewhere, what do you do? Oh, I'm a motivational speaker. I had a preacher say that in line in front of me one time, and I grabbed him by the back of his collar, and I pulled him behind me. I said, well, you'll have to take a back seat to a gospel preacher, because I'm a gospel preacher. You deal with the mind and the intellect. I take the heart and soul of a man stronger than a surgeon takes a hold of his natural heart and I deal in the merchandise of eternity, not in this temporal world that is soon to pass away. I am not a naysayer. I'm going to try again. I'm not a doomsdayer. I'm not on TV trying to get you to buy beanie weenies and dehydrated apples. <laughs> My Bible doesn't talk about a time of distress for the people of God. Read your Bible, preacher. Stop being a naysayer. Stop being a doomsdayer. Things aren't getting worse, they're getting better. See, you don't even know how to respond. For though our outward man perish, our inward man is renewed. I feel it right now in this room. Our inward man is renewed day by day. <laughs> Glory be to God. Woo! I refuse to be a gloom peddler. Shove your neighbor and say, smile a little bit. It takes 14 less muscles in your face to smile than it is to, does to frown. Some of you need a face workout. You need a faith lift, an F-A-I-T-H lift right now. Right now, you're gonna get a faith lift because I'm full of the anointing as I'm declaring these words over you. And when you shout this out of your mouth, something from another world's gonna hit you and drive out every devil, every devilish thought weakness and pain. Shout, God is for. Dear God, I tried to watch a debate the other night. God help me. All they wanted to talk about they used to call it global warming. They know that's not true. They know there's no scientific evidence for that. 
any more than there is that you were born a homosexual. There's no, come on, wake up America. So, so, so they said, now they've changed it to, to climate change. You want to preach it? To climate change. Global warming fell out of chic. Because when I was in the third grade, they told us the world was going to end. You don't remember? Anybody remember having to hide under your desk and those red and black circles on schools that said fall out shoulders and you had to practice diving under your desk because the world was coming to an end. Here we are. California's gonna fall into the ocean. Would to God, but it's still there. There it is. In the same debate, they were asked a question across the board. How much time do we have? Thirty years. Twenty years. Twelve years. Eleven years. Eleven years got the biggest applause. So the next three of them said, eleven years. Till it's all over. Fear. Here's one I love. If I go one more, I, my, my assistant and Ashton Blair when she's with me, Miss Joni when she's with me, I travel with my own plastic straws. You don't know in Ohio, but you can't get a straw in California. They give you a paper straw. You remember paper straws in elementary school? You trying to drink your milk out of them? About the third drink, the thing's milk soaking out of it. It's collapsing on itself. And here's what I love. They serve your drink in a plastic cup and give you a paper straw. Shout, God is for me. Then I went to a little more upscale place. Uh, Olive Garden, I think. I went to a little more upscale place. And oh, they were so chic. I said, do you have paper straws? They said, no, sir. I was like, thank you, Jesus. God is for me. They said, no, sir, we have, listen, pasta straws. That's what I want. I want my Coke soaked through my spaghetti. That'll work. Shout God is for me. I said, shout God is for me. God loves this world. He's got a huge investment in it. And it's not going to burn up. And it's not going to fall into the ocean. He may renovate it a little bit. Put it in the oven and bake it till it's good and done. And then put it under new management. And before he even does that, you and I 
are making everybody up in a moment in the twinkling of an eye the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the trump of God and with the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ shall rise first then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air rapture drill touch somebody and tell them when the world is dying and the moon is bleeding and the seas are seething under the whiplash of fury I'll wave at you because if you're a Christian that's like a coffee pot if you want to tribulate like a coffee pot percolates I'll wave bye bye as I'm headed to the sky shall God is for me shove your neighbor and say if you act right he's for you too Be seated. Now, preachers, preachers, churches, religion want to make it so complicated when God has made it so simple. I just walked over here a moment ago and I asked a man that I met at the bus stop to stand up and repeat after me. I didn't even ask him if he wanted to because I'm just convinced everybody wants to. I've never walked up to one person and said, hello there, sir. Uh, would you like to go to hell? No. <laughs> I have never gotten a yes response. Now I've had a whole lot of people that were never asked. Would you like to go to heaven? Yes. 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 Yeah. We're working on you. <laughs> Would you like to go to heaven? Absolutely. Would you like to go to hell? No. You? No. You? No. You? No. You? No. You? No. You? Then why is it so complicated? God's for you. He's for you so much that he unbosomed a part of his very own being, looked at it and called it his son and sent it to live in this filthy, dirty, corrupt, depraved, depressed, dying, diseased world and bolted him to a cross between heaven and earth, sent him into a borrowed tomb, then into hell, gave him victory over the devil, brought him back up out of there, sent him back to heaven to send the Holy Ghost. And he said, it is not his will that any perish. God is for you. I cut this thing down 75 ways, but I'm still, I'm still, I'm trying to be one of those 20 minute preachers. I'm trying. This is fundamental. This is fundamental. This is simple. It's not difficult. I got one of your basketballs there, coach. You had it locked up with a chain, but you didn't have the chain around where, so I just lifted it up. Say fundamental. fundamental, fundamental. All right, come up here, uh, Professor Sams, come up here. Everybody give a big shout out to Valor Christian College. All right, come up here. Now then, 
Harm, you take the ball. You take the ball. Right there, that's good. Now, your goal's down here. And I gotta play defense, right? Okay, so throw your right hand up in the air. Then you do what? Okay, wait, come back. Okay, so that doesn't work. Okay, fake the ball over there and then go. Well, don't go so quick, I'm 62. Fake the ball over there. And when I go for the ball, you go to. You don't have to be a smarty pants. Get back over there. Just because just you look in the natural like I look in the spirit. Just... So I got to get in defense, right? Now, now, look over that way. Look over that way. The first thing any good coach will teach you about playing defense is you got to know where to look. Because if you watch his feet and you go, he's gone. If you watch his hands, you'll go where his hands go. If you watch his eyes, now if you're playing middle linebacker, you got to watch quarterback's eyes. That's another sport. But you're playing basketball and you look at his eyes and his shifty little eyes moving everywhere, you're gonna, he's gonna tie you up like a pretzel. So you say, Pastor, what do you do? You only look one place, right in the center of his belly button. Cause if his belly button don't go nowhere, he ain't going nowhere. You understand? Once you learn a fundamental, you can't be faked out and believe the lie. When the devil says you're not healed with his shifty eyes, you've seen his belly button. You ain't. Say it's fundamental. <laughs> be seated. T.J. Osborne. Some of you may have seen the news. T.J. Osborne, there he is. I know him. He's 18 years old. He attended Harvest Preparatory School for a while, but he got rebellious to his precious mother and rebellious to the administration, rebellious to the teachers. And so he had to be dismissed. Once he got away from here, he started running with the wrong folks. He started being the wrong places. This time last Sunday, he is, he is with us. But he's in eternity now. His mother is a wonderful, wonderful woman, Valor Christian College student. <laughs> TJ, on Wednesday night, when he should have been in church, got involved with a group of young people, ended up in a police-involved shooting and lost his life. He's 18 years old. His mother, at a vigil, told the news media, I'm not blaming anybody, but the devil, and, and let us, let this be a time to bring our community together around the love of Jesus Christ which is the only thing that can help us see if you don't get the fundamentals down oh God if you don't get the fundamentals down you forget that God is for you 
Scott Davis. Be seated. I'm just showing you that age really doesn't matter. First young man was 18 years old. Second gentleman, 61 years old. He was a therapist right over here at Diley Ridge, about four miles from where I'm standing right now. Beautiful hospital facility there, beautiful glass plate entryway, some of the most wonderful reception people you'd ever meet. In fact, Nikki, Nikki Dennis, stand up, Nikki. Nikki Dennis, who I love with all my heart, coached Dennis's lovely wife. She worked with Scott how long? 10 years. Wonderful man, right? Had a great relationship with him. But on Friday morning at 9.45, a man who had been treated in the hospital for apparently some mental disorder decided against the hospital's wishes that he would sign himself out. And he, this, this gentleman signed himself out and then he went and got in his truck and he drove his truck through the front entryway. Now, well, there it is. Now, uh, Scott wasn't supposed to be at the reception desk. He was a therapist. But one of the receptionists said, would you take my place just for a minute? I want to run right down the hallway here and get myself a coffee. He said, why, sure. Sat down there. And 60 seconds later was an eternity because that man took his truck and drove it through that plate glass door into the reception desk. Uh, he was here last week, 61 years old. TJ was here last week, 18 years old. God is for you. But hear me now. The devil hates you. He hates you because you were made in the image of God. And every time he sees you, he is reminded of his own defeat. He is reminded of his failure. He is reminded that greater is he that is in you than the devil that is in this world. Where are you safe? In the emergency room? At the bus stop? In the motel? In the movie theater? In your eighth grade classroom? Let me tell you where the ark of safety expands in Christ alone. He and only he should hold the keys to your future. The question is, do you want someone in charge of your future that hates you? That wants nothing more than to see you defeated and discouraged and broken and wounded and hurting and afraid? Or do you want your life in charge of someone who said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Whose blood covers you in a blanket of protection and provision and power and peace and security and hope. I know the choice you want to make. I know the choice you want to make. Now here's the fact. And I'm closing. It's very simple. Preachers, churches, they, make, they all make it complicated. And they've got their little list. And you've got to check off all the boxes. We've forgotten 
that he said, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest to your souls. Come and learn of me, God said. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. This Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard. If the life you're now living is hard, you need a new life. I didn't say you wouldn't have any trouble. I didn't say everything would pop up petunias. I didn't say everything would turn out tulips. But I will tell you this. You'll be safe in the arms of God and not of earth shall harm you sheltered safe within the arms of God so there it is it's a very very simple choice here's the question whose idea is your salvation anyway is it mine? Is it a denominations? Is it a church? Is it a group of religious people? My Bible teaches me that the idea of my salvation belongs to God alone. It was the heart of God, shout heart of God, that reached way, way down and found me. Let me give you a few pointers about the God I'm talking about. He is not some Supreme Court justice in a black robe. He's not the boogeyman. He's not a Halloween scarecrow. His heart is expressed. You see him. In this book, you see him pick up little children and babies and bring them to his breast. Wrap his arms around them. You see his heart expressed when he stops a funeral procession and hands a breadwinner back to a sorrowing mama. You see his heart expressed when he walked out on the water to help some fellas out that were afraid in the midst of a storm. Jesus came to show us what God was like. You don't have to question it. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. God and God alone planned your salvation. He planned for you to be here today. He planned when I was born on January the 13th, 1957, with 27 inches of snow on the ground. He knew where the oak trees were growing that he was gonna have cut down to make these pews out of 62 years ago. He knew where that carpet was coming from. He knew I'd need this microphone. He knew there'd be a carnival here today he knows everything and everything he planned had you in mind and he didn't have you in mind to punish you and to rebuke you and to hurt you God said I know the plan that I have for you not to harm you but to bless you and give you an expected end give him praise and glory Shout, God is for me. Everybody on your feet. God is for me. Woo! Woo! God is for me. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God's heart is expressed today in this faith-believing congregation of men and women who found themselves in exactly the same place as you may find yourself this morning. But they made the choice. God, not the devil. Life, not death. Blessing, not cursing. Heaven, not hell. 
they made the right choice. TJ made a lot of wrong choices. That man now charged with murder made the wrong choice. But all along the way somewhere, somebody, somebody must have told them about Jesus. Somewhere, well, let's forget about them. Let's talk about you. Today, you've heard the gospel. Here it is. It's just this simple. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would just believe upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. Here I know how. Here's how I know God's for you. Verse 17, for God did not send his son. Religion came to do it, but God did not send his son to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, might have eternal life, might have a heaven as a reward and heaven to go to heaven in on earth. That's God's plan for you. But now here's the problem. We used to have a congregation up on the north side of Columbus at a place called Polaris. Some of you may not know, but right at the end of World War II, when America needed a new host of armament, what we had used was outdated, could no longer function. Other nations were getting ahead of us with their technology, especially. And the marriage of technology with weaponry began to accelerate at the end of World War II. One of the first armaments developed was the Polaris missile. Well, when we had that church, I looked into it a little bit and I discovered that the name Polaris actually comes from the North Star. <laughs> There's one of them right there. Now, the most amazing thing was that it was launched from miles beneath the ocean in a submarine. Now there's not much room in a submarine. Everything's cramped and tight. And so the computers that they had at that time be half as big as this building. So they had to develop some technology that was small enough to become the guidance system because that missile could hit a target 2,500 miles away in a space as big as this platform, if the guidance was right. Now, the question became, how can we develop the brains of this thing so small that we can fit it into a submarine? <laughs> you know what they did? They went and got some elderly ladies. They were from the old world. And they loved to crochet. And their fingers were so nimble and so used to working in tiny spaces that they were used to actually develop the computer system that would be small enough to fit in that submarine and launch that missile. They needed it because there were some problems. If that thing shot from underneath the surface of the ocean and it's got to travel 2,500 miles, in the space of that time, the earth 
had moved in its rotation and its revolution. Something had to be on board as a guidance system. And that's what this computer was developed to do. To make all those calculations in less than a frame of a second. To keep it on course. To hit its target. God put just such a guidance system on earth for you. It'll keep you on track. When you're starting to go the wrong direction at a strategic inflection point where that decision doesn't look like it will make much difference when you make it. Well, I'll just play around in school. And that ends up with you in a car, in a police-involved shooting, and you in eternity. Well, I'll just not stay at the hospital where they told me to stay. I'll just make a quick decision. I'll just go home. But when you get in your truck, that decision led to another one. Start your truck. You heard another voice. They did that to you. How dare them? You go take revenge on them. Put your truck in drive. Next thing you know, you're in prison for the rest of your life. When you make the decision, it doesn't look like much. Just don't pay attention to that preacher. We've got rides to ride. We've got cotton candy to eat. Besides that, I'm tired. I was up watching football all night. God is for you. But I wouldn't be an honest preacher if I didn't tell you the devil's against you. That world out there is against you. Everything is stacked against you but God. And God makes all the difference. And don't you think it's time for you to surrender the guidance system of your life to God who made you? I've got to watch. I know what time it is. I've got to watch. It's a nice one. Somebody bought it for me. I keep giving them away and more start showing up. That's the truth. Now, this watch can tell me several things. But if it gets broken, it can't tell me anything. Now, I could take out my hammer and my chisel and my saw and try to fix it. But the little young man right there is going, no, don't do that. Good. It's just that simple. Because what I'd have to do is I'd have to find a watchmaker. Because if I have a watch, it's proof that somewhere there's a watchmaker. And if you have a life, it's proof that somewhere there's a life creator. And if I can find who made my watch, he can fix it. And I want you to find God today. Because what's ever wrong in your life, what's right with his life, can fix today. Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. This I know. This I know. Every man, woman, boy, and girl will at some point stand before God. Now, you may be 18 like TJ and think you've got the rest of your life. You may be 61 like Scott and in perfect health and beautiful family and everything going right. But just like both of them were here last Sunday, you may not be. Because that book says tomorrow is promised to no man 
In the quietness of this moment, while I feel the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, and you may not understand it all, but you know this, there's an emptiness inside that your entire life you've been looking for something to fill. It's a God-shaped vacuum. Hmm. Only He can fill it. Here's what I know. God loves you, and He is for you. Here's what else I know. The devil hates you and wants to destroy your life. Only you can make the choice. Because God valued your freedom so much that he says to you today, you choose. You choose. You may have tied your shoes for the last time. I pray not. I pray not. But without God, it's a very frightening world out there. But with God, it's a world filled with faith, purpose, hope, and joy, and peace. I'm going to count to three. And just like I took this microphone down the front row and asked a very simple question, heaven or hell? You want to go to hell? No one does. The theme song of hell is I did it my way. The number one statement in hell is I never intended to end up here. But with wrong choices, God left the decision to you. I pray that in the next 30 seconds, you'll have judgment day honesty because hell is real and heaven is real and eternity is very, very long. 30 seconds between you and the choice that will seal not where you spend the night, not where you go on vacation, but your eternal existence. Think carefully. Choose wisely. On three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and we're going to pray. And today, you're going to join all of us who just wish we'd made this decision one day sooner. I can tell you there's nothing like having your sins forgiven and pillowing your head knowing regardless of what happens, you're as sure for heaven as if you were already there. And what about your family? What about your children? What about your spouse? There's only one thing worse than going to hell. That's taking somebody with you. Only one thing better than going to heaven. Bringing your family with you. Make the choice now. This is your opportunity. God is for you. He's reaching out to you right now saying, come to me. This day I'll give you eternal life. On three, I can hardly wait. Raise that hand on three. You can break the chains. You can be free. Make the choice. Over 10,000 people have made in this church this year. Do it right now on three so we can pray. One, two, three. Raise that hand and leave it up. Just as quickly just as quickly as you raised your hand, come to the nearest aisle and come here and meet me while we thank God for what he's doing. Come on, everyone that raised your hand. Everyone, everyone, come on, come on. Encourage them, would you? All the way back the aisles, they're coming. All the way around this way, they're coming. Come on, come to Jesus. This is it. This is it. Break the chains. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. I can't even count them all. Come on. All the way from the back, they're still coming. Come on. This is it. God loves you. God's for you. God is for you. The altar, the Father's 
look at this church still coming all the way to the back. Come on. This is TJ's mama. This is TJ's mama. Look at all these souls. Look at all these souls. Not in vain. 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 We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We love you so much. And let me, let, me tell, let me explain something to you. You got family down here? Yes. Where? That's my son's grandmother, but she named Tasia. That's your son's grandmother. And she just raised her hand to receive Christ. Um, they're... Um, their godmother, but she's in the back still. <laughs> godmother, make it right with Jesus. If you haven't made it right, make it right. Earl, but you know Earl. Oh, Earl, where's Earl? Come here, Earl. Come here, Earl. Come up here with Pastor. Come up here with Pastor. Come here. Put your arm around me. I love you. You know that, don't you? You know that. God loves you. He loves you. And this hurts. What? She wants to be with her family. Well, come on. She wants to be with her family. This is what heals family. Hate never healed anything. Hate never healed anything. Look at this. Who are you, honey? I just met Tejan a few months ago. Yeah. And he's became my family. Is that right? He was my, he was and, like my son. And now your heart is broken. I'm tore up. But Jesus is gonna heal Jesus it. Jesus got him. He's, that's right. Jesus that's right. Him. And Jesus got us. Now you, you all listen to me. You all listen to me. God is for you. Huh? God is for you. Look at those girls. Those are prep girls. They both go to prep. Look, look, we just had a private moment. Look. Are you ready to pray? Yes. Huh? You don't want this to be your mama. Huh? Right? Come on, live for God with all your heart. Yes, yes, yes. Don't play at this thing. Right. I mean, get in. Yes. Destroy the devil's kingdom. Don't let him destroy yours. Right, right, right. Don't let him destroy your family. Don't let him destroy your peace. Don't let him destroy your life. Right. Don't let him. When there's church on Wednesday night, get in here. Yes, 
yes. Get in here. Got real quiet. It got real quiet. Amen. All right, we're going to pray. I want you to pray out loud so you can hear it, right? So get used to the sound of your own voice. Forget everybody else around you. All they could do is take you to hell. Jesus will take you to heaven. We're going to talk to him. You ready? All right, just put your hand on your heart. That's it. And say this, everybody pray with us. Lord Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus Christ I, come to you today. I come to you today. I was born a sinner. I was born a sinner. So naturally I sin. So naturally I sin. You're not a sinner because you sin. Right. You sin because you're a sinner. Those are two different things. So let's continue to pray. God. Today, I give my life to you. Satan, you're not in my tribe. You are not in my tribe. Get out of my life. I rebuke you. I resist you. I will not serve you. Go. Lord Jesus Christ, I come to you today just as I am. I ask for your forgiveness. Wash me in your blood. Give me eternal life. And I will serve you as you show me how. I'm done with the world. I'm done with the flesh. I'm done with the devil. I'm a child of God. And I'm glad to be in the family. This is my tribe. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. Now act like he just gave you the greatest gift in the world. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.